0: This is the Unregulated Podcast by City AM. I'm Emma Haslett. This week, the power of negative thinking. Why Eeyore was right.
1: I mean, once you choose despair, anything is possible. I mean, even I, I want to be more successful. I want, I'd like to be younger. I'd like to be more attractive. Don't comment on that. But I know that just by thinking them is not going to make me be like that.
0: Hey! Welcome to the Unregulated Podcast by City AM, where we talk entrepreneurial stories and how to get ahead in your career. This week, the sun was shining outside our little studio at White City Place, but inside it was all doom and gloom because we were talking about the joys of negative thinking. We were joined by Malcolm White, one of the founders of ad agency Crow, who explained why we should cast aside all those forced smiles and embrace a bit of pessimism.
1: She said to me, you know, Malcolm, our policy is to, to uh, hire more uh, radiators than drains. You know, radiators are those people who glow positivity and everybody wants to be with it, allegedly. And radiators are those people who, uh, you know, you don't want to hang around with. And I thought, well, actually, I'm definitely a drain.
0: By the way, big thanks to Huckle Tree, the digital lifestyle co-working space, for sorting out our studio. So welcome to the podcast, Malcolm.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Absolute pleasure. Um, let's start with, I actually wanted to start with the reverse of your theory. Um. In 1952, a book was published by Norman Vincent Peale called The Power of Positive Thinking. Have you read it?
1: I haven't. We okay. should become clear why in a, in a moment, I'm sure.
0: So it kind of defined, it defined how we think about self-help now. Yes. Um, it's been criticised for being quite religious, mm. but his general message was the more positive you are, the more you'll achieve in life. Mm.
1: Mm.
0: What's your theory?
1: Well, mine's completely the opposite of that. I mean, I I call it the positive power of negative thinking. Um, And by the way, whenever I say that, everybody just screens out immediately the uh, positive power bit, and they all focus on the negative thinking, which to me is exactly why I think we've got an issue, because I think as human beings, probably because of the gentleman you talked about there Mm -hmm. in his book, we're sort of uh, hardwired, if you like, into thinking that anything positive is good and anything that has the word negative in it is bad. And so I think people automatically edit out or reject it. Uh, and what I'm really here to talk about today is how uh, uh, negative thinking actually has a positive power and can be incredibly useful. Now, now obviously, I'm aware it's the contrarian attitude to the rest of, of life. It's also, by the way, the contrarian attitude to lots of people in my agency. And I think I should say, as a sort of one of those edit, editors' caveats, that my views don't necessarily reflect the views <laughs> of those at, at work. Because a lot of my friends there, espouse the view of um, the positive power of positive thinking as you've mentioned which as you'll find out talking to me I think is a bit peculiar, almost certainly wrong headed and will all end in tears
0: it's, I feel like negative thinking is a more naturally British attitude
1: it, it might well be, I, I also think it's a very northern attitude, I'm originally, though you can't tell from my voice, uh, I'm originally from the northeast of England and I read the other day that another northern university, Manchester in fact had worked out that between 1965 and 2015, which is, I mean, the, is a year less than I've been a- around. Uh, almost 12 million people had died prematurely oh. than they had in the south and and that's i think one of the reasons why it's very difficult for people like me from the northeast to look <laughs> on the bright side of things don't get me wrong there's lots of brilliant things about the northeast but as you'll guess as, as i guess i'm thinking looking on the bright side is is not one of those
0: <laughs> so I, i'm kind of dividing this podcast into three sections and um, the first section is the theory bit now I read an article by you in which you quoted Barbara Ehrenreich. Oh, yes, yeah,
1: yeah. Tell me about her. So she, so she's, a as, a, as far as I can understand, a very respected American academic, and she wrote a book called Smile or Die, How Optimism <laughs> Has Fooled America and the World. Reminds and obviously of, uh, I latched Father onto Ted. it. Yeah, and I latched onto it, of course, you know, as you do when you're trying to support your crazy notions with uh, something written down. Um, and she makes a very compelling case for... Um, really that we should, we've forgotten really um, what our ancestors had in the in the days of the dinosaurs. We had a vigilant watchfulness. We always worried about what was around the corner because we had to to survive. And she thinks we've we've edited that out. That's been bashed out of us by positivity and, and by affluence and, and life being much easier and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and she also says that, you know, we spend so much time worrying about what we look like, what we sound like, what we you know, what we're doing, how, you know, that we're worrying about all this stuff. And actually most of it is outside our control. Um, so she thinks that that uh, optimism is a real trap. And in fact, I, I think she talks very frankly about her experience as a cancer patient being told to smile or, or you know, it'll get you, you know, smile at it or <laughs> otherwise you're very a de- helpful, a de- you're, you know, and, and, and I, I've got lots of lots of sympathy for that, as you could imagine.
0: Um. So why why are people obsessed with being positive and smiling all the time?
1: Well, maybe because it sounds and feels quite nice. I mean, I, even I can understand that. I mean, people smiling and cheering and slapping each other on the back and uh, saying that everybody's lovely all the time, which, which, by the way, is another bugbear. I think whenever, <laughs> whenever somebody's introduced, they say, oh, it's the lovely... I mean, they don't say the lovely Malcolm, but they might say the lovely Emma. Now, you might be lovely, but I have no idea whether you are or not. So I find that sort of emphasis on... You know, positive and cheeriness is is you know. I think people think, oh, that 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 sounds good. And it feels good. Um, I, I I actually my a better answer Emma would be I just do not understand it. I really <laughs> do not understand it.
0: Um, but if somebody introduced me and said, "This is Emma. She's a massive wanker," I probably would be offended by that.
1: Yeah, but you wouldn't do that if you believe in the positive power of negative thinking. You just okay. wouldn't. Uh, you wouldn't be rude. You wouldn't be crude. You wouldn't be offensive, and you certainly wouldn't put people down. But you would be sceptical, okay. and you probably you would probably say, "Well, Emma seems like she's really nice," but you wouldn't. <laughs> she seems you wouldn't, okay. You wouldn't go. Yeah, you'd say, it "Seems okay." You wouldn't go off to the the deep end. But 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 really, it's a, it's about really an approach to work and to life, not interpersonal relationships.
0: So I've I did a bit of research. Um, This is a big paragraph that I'm going to read right now. Studies demonstrate that during a health crisis, positive emotions can boost the immune system and in everyday life, being a sunny sort can give you lower blood pressure, less heart disease, better weight control and healthier blood sugar levels.
1: Really? I mean, really? Is that really true? I, I wish I had
0: written down where the research came yeah, from. Yeah,
1: I mean, I, you know, it, it, as always, there's so much information out there that I can pick and choose my sources and you could pick and choose your sources. Absolutely. I just, is it really the case? I mean, I, I can't prove that my opposite point of view which would be if you're worried and you fret about things and you look at things in detail and you research them and you struggle and you assume you're knackered then actually you might be you might be more likely to get those positive outcomes you know unless until unless you uh, otherwise you're just relying on sunniness and i i don't know i
0: is it just that it's really annoying
1: it, it is quite annoying i mean i i for me it is but you see it, it you know the thing i'm trying to do here is is gather people to my cause, but of course for me it's a very natural disposition. I mean, it's it's the way I was when I was one year old. It's the way I am now when I'm fifty-three years old. It's very natural. I understand that there's not as many of us around. I mean, there are others that I gravitate to, and we <laughs> we gather in in small places. Actually, we don't. But that sounds weird. But um, <laughs> but I'm trying to get more people to come to my way over to my way of thinking, which is a, which is a struggle. But you know,
0: it sounds like what you're saying is just it's. Kind of a healthy skepticism.
1: Exactly right. Yeah, I mean, I think being skeptical is 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 really important. It's different from being miserable and being, a, you know, a moaning misanthrope, which I'm, I'm sure I have been accused of before. But honestly, I don't think I am. Um, it's about being skeptical. It's about sifting the evidence and thinking through things, and just not assuming that it will all be all right if you just don't worry worry about it. I mean, I I, 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 I again, I you know, I do find it very peculiar that people think in that way.
0: Um, can I read you some more some more research of course, that I found? Of course. Okay, and I can actually cite it this time. Oh dear. A study published in twenty thirteen by the University of Erlang nuremberg in Germany, found people with low expectations of a satisfying future lived healthier lives.
1: Oh well, that's definitely true. I can agree. I was going to say I don't I don't recognise the university, but actually because it supports my view, <laughs> I'm very happy to say that's true. I, I I mean I I I do think it's it's a it's a good way of living. I mean, there's a psychologist in America called Barry Schwartz who says the secret to happiness is low expectations.
0: Absolutely. And I,
1: I really think that. I mean, I really worry about, you know, when I interview younger people, I mean, there's lots of younger people than me, but I interview them, um, I wonder really whether they're, they're, because they're so optimistic. I mean, I guess youth has to be optimistic, so that's part of, part of being young, isn't it? But, But... I worry that they've got themselves into the right old muddle because they think they can have it all and of course they can't and they think that they deserve it all and of course they don't and and they want it all but of course they don't need it all to have a great life and and I do think it gets in the way of things instead of just going look, you know, I'm, I've am i got a job which is amazing in this day and age you know, I've got a job, I'm going to try really hard it might not be the best job in the world but I'm going to make the best of it and I'm going to try hard and I'm going to worry about being better than somebody else and that's going to get me on and I'm going to you know,
0: progress as follows. So part two of the podcast is the practical bit and what you were just saying then about the young uh, brings me on to my next question very neatly which is how do you persuade millennials to think like this? They are, you know, Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and things like them, the onus is on them to have a life full of joy and happiness and perfect yoga poses.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't want people to be miserable, but I do want people to know the truth. And I, for me, the truth is a truth that doesn't get spoken about, which is that it, life is hard, work is hard. It is tough, you know, but the world out there is tough. It is tough for us all, you know, and we're, we're sitting here in London. I'm incredibly privileged to be sitting here in London. The rest of the, the rest of the UK, the rest of the world is a tough place. So it's London, you know, and I think actually the way you persuade people is by... Reaching them with that with a different message, reaching them with a the negative message, with the positive power of thinking message, um, instead of allowing um, them just to be washed in positivity all the time.
0: It feels like, in many ways, this kind of zeal for positivity is replacing what religion used to be used to call hope.
1: Oh, that's interesting. That maybe that I hadn't thought of that that way. Actually, maybe that is the case. Um, I, I'm not a person of faith. Um, I'm a person of uh, Whatever the opposite of faith is, actually, what is the opposite of faith? Of despair. I don't mean, know, but I'm am I'm, I'm not a person of religious religious faith, although I completely understand how it can be comforting and and uh, and support supporting to people. Um, maybe there's two things are connected. I hope I hope not, because I don't want to have a go at religion. I do want to have a go at uh, cheerleading uh, over over excessive optimism, especially by the way, in the world of business. Which I think is a is a is a big deal because I think too many people think that if they're optimistic, that will be motivating to their teams, and therefore we'll all succeed. And of course, what happens then is bad stuff creeps up behind them.
0: What what made you take take on this view?
1: Oh, well, I, I think it's I think it's a combination of nurture and nature. I mean, I, I think I'm a good person to be espousing it because it's so natural to me. I just can't think in any other way. But I do accept that other people don't. I mean, in my personal case, I think it is about nurture is my, my dad had a double glazing business my late dad had a double glazing business it was incredibly unsuccessful and was incredibly difficult and it dominated our home life and everything went wrong all the time ever and it was really tough um, and I think you grow up in that environment not assuming that everything's going to turn out all right and I'm also from the northeast and you know I'm very proud to be from the northeast but I, I think it's a you know growing up in the northeast was, was tough and uh, it's a tough place and uh, it's cold it's cold uh, it's, it's much colder than here which is a good thing by the way it's far too hot down here it, it's cold and I think you know people there generally uh, understand that and I think they have an attitude to life which I've I'm definitely imbibed which is it's tough and you've got to work hard and try hard to to succeed so I think it's a combination for me of nurture and and, and nature
0: so you've talked about radiators and drains yeah. Tell me about that.
1: Well, that's interesting because I, I many, many, many years ago I, I I went for an interview in a advertising agency in New York City and I was very excited about it. Um, I nearly got on the wrong plane in Heathrow. That's another story and ended up in Chicago rather than New York. But right. anyway, that's another story. But uh, I went to see them and uh, the head of human resources in the last round of the interviews. She said to me, "You know, Malcolm, our policy is to to uh, hire more uh, radiators than drains." And I hadn't heard that before. And I looked it up and I realised what it was, that, you know, radiators are those people who glow positivity and everybody wants to be with, it, allegedly, and radiates are those people allegedly. who, uh, you know, you don't want to hang around with. And I thought, well, actually, I'm definitely a drain. But actually, I think it's good being a drain. I think drains, if I'm going to... I'm going to put it out there. I think drains work better than radiators. And I don't just mean in the sense of civil engineering and uh, drain drainage and uh, uh, heating and whatever else drains and radiators do. I'm, sorry, I'm muddled about that, obviously. <laughs> Please, you haven't got me to talk about that. But right. but I, I think there's too much you know, emphasis on hiring radiators. I don't think you need all drains either, but you need a, a healthy mix of the two. You need people who are optimistic. You need people who are sceptical and, and sometimes negative. And And I think in my business, you know, I see a lot of the time uh, clients coming to us with briefs where, you know, they're really being far too optimistic about outcomes. They're being far too optimistic about the quality of their product or brand. And, And I think one of the roles an agency can play is to be, you know, politely skeptical and kindly negative. And so, hang on a sec, is that really the right thing to emphasize or talk about your 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 product that has lots of strengths obviously but perhaps you haven't seen the some of the issues with it.
0: but doesn't that lose you business i mean oh no
1: i hope not and I, hope, <laughs> I mean i did say i think at the beginning um sorry i jumped forward there in my seat but i i hope not i i think you need a good balance you know and and one of my partners particularly is extremely optimistic and i think that's healthy um i, I think it maybe means you keep business as well because you get honesty from your agency you don't get a sort of Cheerleading kind of uh, uh, zeal, which isn't based on anything. I think we look at the ev- we try and look at the evidence, and we try and go. You know, it's all about how to make uh, position a position of product or a brand to its maximum commercial advantage. But sometimes that means looking at it in a cu- in the cold light of day and going, "Is this the right thing to talk about?" It doesn't mean you say you don't want to do it, but you try and work very hard to find a way through. And I think you don't start on that route if you're if you're already drinking the Kool Aid, I think is what the Americans say.
0: Um, so, from a practical point of view, if I go into a meeting and everyone's like, "Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be great, everything's gonna be fine, CTA so is gonna have a 10 million readers by next week," how can how can I balance that?
1: Well, uh, I think that the first thing to do is try not to do that because um, I think we all want to be. I mean, even I. I want to be more successful. I would like to be younger. I'd like to be more attractive. Don't comment on that. I'd like to do all <laughs> these things, um, but I know that just by thinking them is not going to make me uh, be like that. It's certainly not going to make me younger. I don't think. I think if I really thought hard, would I become younger? I don't think so. So I think There's things could, on the internet. Uh, exactly. Maybe that's true. Maybe, corners. Exactly. In the dark web, maybe you can become younger <laughs> by just thinking it. But I think. Um, uh, it's really important to actually apply that same kind of logic you know uh, it also I think for people in in meetings it's good to have a different perspective and it's good to have a different voice and I think you know I'd say to all your listeners and readers it, 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 if, if, if it's possible to have a different voice in a meeting that maybe should be the the, the positive power of negative thinking.
0: And we talked briefly about hiring just then yeah. what are your criteria when you're hiring someone do you always go for the kind of Ears rather than the piglets. No,
1: no, I don't. But I am really drawn to them, you know, because I can see, you know, you you you, you really should look out the window when you're hiring people. But sometimes you you can get caught by looking in the mirror and you see yourself. And um, <laughs> so I think it's a good balance. You've got to go get a good balance. But I do, I am drawn to people who um, are sceptical. I mean, in, in my job in in advertising communications planning, I think it's really important to be sceptical and doubtful and. And it's re- really important. The other thing that I find difficult to get across is it's really important to work without hope, but not work hopelessly. Um, and I think that's something quite difficult for people who are optimistic to understand. I think they think when people are being sceptical, that means they're going to give up or they're going to throw the towel in, um, and they're going to not, not go into it with any hope. And I, and I think I, I think personally, I do go into it hope, but I I, I, I work hopelessly because I think well. I can't assume this is going to work and I can't and therefore I've got to work harder to work it out.
0: Have you ever come across someone who's just too sceptical?
1: Uh, no, I've come across some people who are too miserable and I think that's an important distinction. What's the difference? Well, being miserable is not thinking it has a positive power and being miserable is always, always talking about the problem and not balancing it. Um, I think there's a really big difference between the positive power of negative thinking and being just miserable. Um, I mean, people who are miserable, maybe they are, maybe are, that's what people mean by drains. You know, they're people who suck the life out of a room. In my head, it's really clear. You've got to have a pessimistic intellect, but a real celebratory heart. And so I think when things go well, you've got to enjoy them. You've got to try and celebrate them. I'm not a great celebrator. Um, you've got to try and uh, see them for what they are. But I, don't, I think to think that everything has to be like that all the time is a really strange, crazy notion.
0: And how, how do you stop your bosses and your colleagues, kind of thinking you're a miserable bastard?
1: I mean, I think you compensate in different ways, don't you? You try and make people laugh. Again, maybe people don't think I'm very funny either, but you try and make people laugh and smile. You also try and work harder than anybody else, and so you you create value that way. I think you've got to. I think you maybe do have to compensate for it because it is unusual and sometimes not very attractive to take the negative view but but you, but you know I think you've got to um I think if you if you do have the positive power of negative thinking you will always work harder than the person next to you who's got the positive power of who thinks they've got the positive power of positive thinking because you you try harder because you're more worried you're just more worried do you think everything's going to go wrong you know you think that nobody's going to listen to this podcast you know no, you don't know, you think that...
0: Definitely don't say that.
1: No, exactly. So, but you think that, well, I've got to, you know, like I came to this podcast today, I mean, it might be difficult to, to believe that from what I've said, but I did think about what I was going to say. I didn't just think, oh, well, I know, I'll rock up and it'll be great. Um, you know, maybe you can tell me afterwards quietly off air that <laughs> that, that, was, that it didn't work, but it was trying to prepare. And I think you, if you prepare obsessively, you... Are more likely to get a better outcome, and I think the reason I prepare obsessively is because I think everything's going to go wrong. So, so why wouldn't you want to have someone who prepares obsessively and tries harder, even if they do, even if the root cause of that is thinking everything's going to go wrong?
0: In the first episode of this series, we did a we did an episode about making new starts and ditching your career and starting something new, um, and we had a career coach called Caroline Arnold who came in, and she said she has an app that sends positive affirmations to her phone every hour. Do you feel like maybe we should have a kind of negative one?
1: Maybe we should. Actually, that's a really good idea. Make that's a really good business go. idea, which you've just given me, which I'm not going to make a fortune out of, although nobody will buy it because everybody's <laughs> about positivity. <laughs> um, I, yeah, wow. I, I, well, that works for her. She's obviously an expert in her field, and all I'm talking about is the experience of 30 years of working in my particular industry where I think it's helped me and I think it's helped other people to be a bit more sceptical and sometimes on the negative side of negative.
0: I think it helps to, to kind of have a goal in mind, but not too optimistic.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I mean, goals are good. Um, I agree. I, I just think, you know, we all have well, lots of people I know have a habit of thinking, if I say the goal, that means I'll that we've achieved it. And I think that's a very strange notion as well. We, you know, we follow that when we're pitching for new business, you know, oh, we're on this pitch, it's going to be great. Well, yeah, but we have to win it. I mean, it's not going to be great if we don't win it. And I think, well, we're not going to win it, so that makes us try harder, and that's why we do win it. Um,
0: I mean, do you think part of this positivity obsession, which you're right, exists, and I think partly it's social media, yeah. um, it's people kind of feeling like they're owed something
1: like yeah, I, I I don't know but I hope it's not that that's a terrible why would we be owed anything we, we, we're sort of you know we've got to earn respect and we've got to try hard you've got to I mean maybe maybe it's uh, you know I, I my 18 year old son who I'm sure isn't listening but if he is uh, he might say well yeah but you don't get it that's what we're like we we can change the world and I think younger people can change the world and, and but I think they'll change it more if they're worrying about the outcome in the future but maybe, maybe it is that I don't know
0: Okay, so the final part of this podcast is what I have called the cringy bit. Um, I found five mantras that make me cringe the most. I thought I'd read them out to you and you can pick the worst ones. Okay, that's fine. Okay, you ready? Number one, sing like no one is listening, love like you've never been hurt, dance like no one is watching. Horrible. Number two, keep calm and carry on.
1: Uh, Not bad, that's not bad. I mean, that's got a little bit, that's got realism at the heart of it, hasn't it?
0: Cliche, okay. very British. Okay,
1: yeah, well, maybe that's why I like it.
0: I've got a good apron that says "Keep calm and curry on." Oh yeah, that's it came good. From yeah, Sri Lanka. it's
1: good. It's good actually.
0: <laughs> Do one thing every day that scares you.
1: Yeah, I've just yeah, I've heard that too many times. I don't I mean scaring may be good, but the whole I don't I don't know. I'm not you know. I need my own. I need my own uh, uh, phrases and expressions and sayings.
0: Um, I feel like this one is one of my least favorites. Shoot for the moon, and even if you miss, you'll land among the stars.
1: Yeah, terrible. Awful, awful. They're all, I mean, they're all awful, but they're mostly awful because they, they're they too positive. There's not enough <laughs> negatives. No.
0: Number five, last one. Oh, sorry, you're still going on. Yeah, I God, yeah. I was hoping you'd stop. Once you choose hope, anything is possible.
1: Well, that's fundamentally wrong, isn't it? I mean, once you choose despair, anything is possible. It would be a much better... Uh, much better and much more likely to lead to considerable success in business and in life.
0: And on that happy note, I think we shall wrap up. Malcolm, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you very much. Thank you.
0: So that's it for this week. Follow us on Twitter at UnregulatedPod for updates and tell us about the inspirational quotes you hate the most. If you like what you hear, please let us know by leaving a review on iTunes or... Or like and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Audio Boom, or wherever else you listen. With thanks to Claire Crofton, who was producing this week, and Huckletree and White City Place, this has been the Unregulated Podcast.